Welcome to Career Tools. Resume Update 2019, Part 1. This cast answers these questions. What's new in resumes in 2019? How should I change my resume for 2019 if I should at all? And how truthful do I need to be on my resume? Folks, we're adding a new conference to the Manager Tools rotation this year, the M Conference, the Future of Management. Rather than a training session, we're going to be tapping the strength and knowledge of our Manager Tools community. We've asked 10 of our fairly illustrious community to come and talk, a la a TED Talk, in Dallas, Texas, October 9th and 10th. We have seven C-suite executives and three VPs, and they're going to be talking to you about the next phase of your professional development, maybe what can help you get to the next level, even the executive level for many of you. We are really excited that we can keep the price down to $3,000, which is only a little bit more than what you would spend for attending two days of one of our regular conferences. And we have a special treat for you. For all 50 slots, there are only 50, and I'm told that some are already been pre-reserved, you will get a 10-year rebate for the cost of your license if you're a licensee. So that's worth $2,000, 200 times 10. If you're not a licensee, you get 10 years of licensing, and then it only costs you $1,000. We're excited about this opportunity. Hope to see you there. You can find it on the website. Okay, Wendy, it's good to be back on Career Tools. I hope longtime listeners will know that our resume guidance never changes. One page focused on responsibilities and accomplishments. There are exceptions to that, but for 90% of the professionals and managers in the world, one page will do it. What you've done, how well you've done it. But we get questions all the time. In fact, I think after we did the resume cast, I think you approached me and said, we need to do a, an update every year because we're answering so many questions from the field saying, okay, that was two years ago. Surely everything's changed, even though <laughs> resumes hadn't changed. Well, they had made, there have been small changes over the previous 50 years. Um, most people don't even realize that resumes didn't exist 100 years ago. So this is our annual update. We talk about AI and templates and being honest, and so on. So what's new this year? So we're going to talk a little bit about the resume update. There is no update. <laughs> well, there is in that, in that we check all the trends and fads and changes and so on, and we wouldn't be against a change if that's what happened in the market, right? Right. If there was something that was significantly better all of a sudden, yeah. we'd recommend it. But there hasn't been in the last, since we've started doing this, and there probably won't be. Yeah, probably won't be, but you never know. We're going to talk about AI and how that affects recruiting, because it's a big topic in recruiting. We're going to talk about resume templates, which seem to be everywhere this year. And we're going to talk about lying on resumes, because that also seems to be a big topic this year. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Okay, so there's no update. We're going to stand fast on our regular guidance. Yeah, the only way you need to update your resume for 2019 is to add the accomplishments that you've had since the last time you updated your resume. And you really should have an updated resume because, as we've mentioned a couple of times, this is the best market for candidates, the best place to get a job in the last 50 years. Easily. Yeah, I'm, I'm only 
nearly 60 years old. In my adult lifetime, this is the best job market ever. I suppose it's safe to say, Wendy, that, well, two things. One, if you haven't heard our resume cast, Wendy, is it still called Your Resume Stinks? Yes, you could definitely yes. search for Your Resume Stinks and you'll find that. Yeah, every once in a while, folks, we try to be creative with titles and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So if you haven't listened to our cast from 14 years ago, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, we encourage you to do so where we lay out every single detail of the resume, how to write responsibilities, how to write accomplishments, reverse chronological order, all that stuff. So if you don't know what we're talking about when we talk about a resume cast, go listen to it. You'll find it on iTunes and Google Play and so on. But I think that right now, technically, the danger for folks who are listening is they've got a friend, a colleague, a buddy who could get a job with a really stinky resume Mm -hmm. because the market's so good, right? So good, right? You don't have to be any good. So I suppose our update regarding that is be careful. (laughs) Don't assume that because the market's so hot and standards are getting lowered that you, well, you know, my buddy, he did it with a pink resume or he, you know, he did five pages or he told a story. Those things are dumb and you wouldn't want to learn the wrong lesson in our experience. So, okay, I'm sorry, Wendy, go ahead. So our guidance on resumes is still the same because the function of resumes doesn't change. The function of resumes is to get you an interview by showing the person who's reading it the best of your accomplishments. So the person reading it should see from your resume that you're an awesome candidate and invite you into an interview. And that's the only job of your resume. Then after that, it's your job to do the interview well. And it's been this way since the Industrial Revolution when resumes were kind of started because people were hiring people they didn't already know. We started doing this in 14 years ago before iPads, uh, before iPhones. Like You'd think if technology was going to change resumes, it would have done it, and it hasn't. They still have the same function, and hiring managers still want the same information. Yeah, I think it's important when you say the hiring manager still wants the same information. Here's the mistake that so many people make. They think that the resume is a supply-generated document. I need to show other people who I am. When in fact, it's a demand-driven document. The hiring manager wants to know what she wants to know. If you don't give her what she wants to know, she's not going to interview you. It's not about the technology. Yes, there are changes. Yes, resume screening software exists. Yes, they're probably looking at it on an iPad. Or, I don't know, probably may not be the right word, but it's very likely that they could be because it's attached to an email and they just open the PDF. But it's about what the buyer wants, okay? You're selling your wares. You can sell what you want, but you need to be pretty darn cognizant of what the buyer wants. And hiring managers in the last 50 years have both been inundated with changes in the system and found that there are some core things they want regardless. And they've generally, based on the way the market works, hiring managers have generally said, no, I really want to know. <laughs> Folks, this is what's in our heads. I just want to know what he or she has done 
and how well they've done it. And we see past all of the stuff around it. Almost everything on your resume, other than those two things, is basically marketing or puffery or fluff to a hiring manager. So, sorry, Wendy, I forget how much fun I have on career tools. And I just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Yeah. And if you haven't hired and you need an example to think about um, renting or buying a house, when you get the information from wherever you get it from, there's things you want to know, like how many bedrooms, how much is it? Does it have a kitchen, you know, with an island, if that's the thing that you want? Um, And it doesn't matter what information the real estate agent sends you. You still want to know what you want to know. And that's the same thing with a resume and a hiring manager. Yep. And it's far better to spend any time you have to look for a new job talking to people, talking to your network, making connections, gathering specific information about the market in your area then spend time tweaking your resume because you read an article somewhere that said AI is doing X and looking for Y and so-and-so got a great job and had a blue resume or whatever. If if you're reading those things and then spending that time tweaking your resume, you're wasting time on things that aren't valuable. You're dancing around the edges rather than hitting to the heart of the matter. Exactly. And the best way to get a job always has been and always will be A resume with quantified accomplishments, in other words, things that say I made X in sales or I reduced the time to do something by this time, getting that kind of resume in the hands of somebody who who can hire with a recommendation from someone in your network is always the easiest way to get a job and forever will be. And, you know, people forget that we're all uh, exposed to so much more advertising than we realize. And so... People think, you know, for a while, the the big job board was monster, and uh, now there are other systems and processes to get your resume in front of people. But I think the data I saw recently was a survey of job seekers who had recently taken jobs. 61% of them had gotten a job through a referral. I want to go back, though. You, you, you talked about having a quantified resume, and I suspect a bunch of people who are listening their blood ran a little cold because they think, wow, you know, I don't know that I have quantified confidence. Folks, first of all, we have a bunch more podcasts than just the the original Your Resume Stinks talking about bullets and accomplishments and so on. We also have a product, I think, uh, the Resume Workbook, which we sell for, is it $29, Wendy? Yeah, $29.95. And I think it's 60 or 70 pages, and it's excruciating in its detail, and it will take you through every line of your your resume. But I just want to make a pitch here for our career management document. One of the things we've talked about for years that we don't know why other people haven't caught on to, I assure you, people who are really good at their search, uh, start with a career management document, have a great resume, and also have a great network. But that career management document is a compendium of all of your accomplishments in all of your jobs uh, that we recommend every 90 days. If you want to do it every, you know, 120, that's fine. You sit down for 15 minutes at the end of the day and you say, okay, since I last did this, what can I talk about that are accomplishments? And if you know how to write an accomplishment bullet, which we'll teach you, it's much easier to do. And then you have a three-page, four-page document which, with way too much information on every single job you have. And then when you find a company you're particularly interested in, an opportunity you like, 
You go back through the career management document, leave the header data the same, obviously, leave all of the jobs the same. So maybe it's a two-page long resume. And then you take out those accomplishments that are less valuable for the job you hope to get at that company. You can do that in two minutes and you will avoid the pressure, the pain, the panic of putting together a resume because you haven't looked at yours in years and you will have quantified accomplishments. If you're having to look back 10 years now on something and go, gee, how would I quantify that? That's a tough thing. You're not going to be able to do it very well. And that's okay because the average resume stinks. You need to put the best resume together you can and trust that other people aren't working as hard. But from this moment forward, you need to start tracking your accomplishments. Again, every 90 to 120 days, sit down and say, what have I done and how could it be measured? What do I have that's proof? How could I write it? So it's truthful. And then as well, it puts you in the best possible light. And for all the people that are thinking, I've worked at this company for 10 years, I'm going to work here for another 10 years. You're not accepted (laughs) because we get an email twice a week from someone that says, my company was bought out and I have to reapply for my own job. I lost my job because the company lost a big contract that they never, never imagined they'd lose. Um, Some regulation changed and my job is no longer necessary. And I haven't done a resume for 10 years or I never even applied for a job because I got this job when I was 18 and my father recommended me. So don't believe that you're safe. Even if you don't want to move jobs, you can be forced into it. Hello to all of our European friends. We will be in your neighborhood soon. August 6th and 7th, that is, we will be holding our Effective Manager and Effective Communicator conferences in Frankfurt since it's a major air, rail, and road transportation hub. But we do hope to see all of you there. Register today at manager-tools.com forward slash training. Auf Wiedersehen. Okay, so we we said we're going to update people. We've basically made the case for stay the course, one-page reverse chronological job responsibilities and accomplishments. What's new and what should we do about it? So one of the things that's really new that that is everywhere, if you read anything about recruiting, is AI, artificial intelligence. And AI is one of the ones that's really big right now, but there are fads or or, um, phases in recruitment and hiring, just like there are in every other job where you get really well-publicized trends and, and it can seem like, oh, that must be the most important thing. I mu- it must be about to affect me. And it's not because what you read in the newspaper or on the web or in some magazine about your, your industry, it's describing the news. And the thing about the news is it's new. <laughs> and so the reason that these things are being described or being written, articles are being written about them is because they're new and different and interesting. If somebody wanted to write an article that said resumes are just the same as they have been for for 15 years, like we do, that article would never get published because the editor would say, that's really boring. Go find something interesting to write about. When you say, well, it's news, it's actually PR. Mm -hmm. Um, If you start reading news that's delivered to you digitally on the web, you start getting a um, something different from, say, being read by a newsreader or reading through a curated source. So Wall Street Journal, 
London Times, The Economist, Washington Post, whatever, um, you start to get a filter, a sixth sense, that what you're reading is not really news, but rather PR boilerplate from a company. And I think for far too many people, I get asked about resumes all the time, and it's always about what about this and what about that, because people are doing a search and their reticular activating system has told them they need to be on the lookout for stuff about resumes. So everything they see about resumes, they see. And of course, with search engines being what they are, once you start clicking on things, it will give you more of what you want. The problem is the things you're reading that aren't curated, that aren't looked at by a senior HR professional or a bunch of line hiring managers, trust me, the stuff you read is not everything, virtually everything I read in the business world about managing and careers is wrong. I just read an article in Harvard Business Review, for heaven's sakes, called The Feedback Fallacy, which so incensed me, I wish I had time to write. I just nearly wanted to cancel my subscription to HBR. It was a bunch of pap and idiocy. Um, so what you're reading in the news is PR from companies trying to sell their technology to big companies. They don't want to sell it to you. You know why? Because you don't have any money. They want to sell it to big companies. That's what they want. And so they're going to make things easier for the big companies. And there are people in HR who want to buy everything so that when somebody says, well, what went wrong? I don't know. We use AI. We use this. We use this. We use this. We've got state-of-the-art here. Um, but there is no amount of money companies can spend that can get past what we talked about earlier. That hiring manager wants to know what you've done and how well you've done it. And the state of AI and recruiting is much like the state of driverless cars in every other, in the rest of the world. Like, Every day, there seems to be an article about driverless cars and progress in, in you know, all the things that a driverless car needs to be able to do. But despite that, we're all still driving. <laughs> I think Ananda promised us we would be driving driverless cars in 2020, right? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I think he's wrong now because, as far as I can tell, it's not any closer. And so AI promises that it would find candidates, assess them, make offers. And despite that, Recruiters and hiring managers are still doing all that work. They are still looking for candidates. They're still assessing them. They're still choosing them because the AI just isn't good enough to do that. And there's been some bad things about AI. Apparently, Amazon shut down their AI recruiting because it discriminated against women because, of course, AI is programmed by human beings. Now, I don't know how that works or how true it is, but that's a, a big company saying, AI is not ready for recruitment yet. Well, yeah, I just I just read a book uh, recommended to me, I think, by Carolyn Gowan called The Future of Politics. That may have been Marina that recommended it to me. And uh, it talks about code being embedded in systems and then laws, the legal system, relying on the code in its application and therefore biases being embedded in the software we use. And... I don't mean to suggest, folks, that Silicon Valley is biased, but Silicon Valley is biased because we're all biased. It's natural. It's, it's uh, 
Um, the idea of the biasless person is, um, well, you can find them. They're all grouped together under the ground. And what happens is this is a new technology. It's news. It gets implemented, and it's messy, and it's buggy. Uh, in fact, HR manager, hiring managers will say, yeah, HR is always telling me the system's changing, the system's changing, but I do the same thing I always do. I scan <laughs> resumes. Right. Yeah. What about size of companies? Surely that matters. Yeah, absolutely. So according to the Census Bureau, 98% of the companies in the US in 2016 had less than 100 people, and 90% had less than 20. And between 1993 and 2016, 60% of new jobs came from small and medium-sized companies, so companies with less than 100 or less than 20 people. And those firms don't use AI or video screaming or Facebook ads or any of the other trends that we're about to mention. They use recommendations and resumes. And you're much more likely to be looking at one of those companies than a big company who's using a trendy technique. A lot of the big companies just, they they will try everything because they don't know what is the one thing that will make the difference. Whereas smaller companies just don't. Yeah. What have you read, heard, seen? This is an update based on what's happening in the, in the resume marketplace about adapting one's resume for AI systems. I actually, I could be wrong. You read more about careers and job changes and so on than I do. I could be wrong here, but I would say that AI is so new, people haven't figured out how to flip from the hiring side to the hiree side and be able to make some recommendations. Are there recommendations? There are recommendations out there. They're the same as when uh, applicant traffic tracking systems were first introduced. And people used to say, you have to have the right words. You want to keyword stuff your resume. Um, the system looks for certain things and you want to make sure your certain things are on your resume, which is all ridiculous. Because- ridiculous. <laughs> Redonkulous. <laughs> yeah. Because a good search will find the right resume is because the right resumes have the right words in them automatically. Yeah, I almost always throw up a little bit in my mouth when I get a resume that has a whole bunch of stuff at the top, focused, team-centric, uh, visionary leader with long-term experiencing, manage, complex, international, dynamic, real-world systems and projects for multinational, cutting-edge, corporate entity whose diversity and inclusion allows for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's just blah. You mentioned to me that you heard somebody uh, in a podcast recently talking about scheduling and calendars and so on. One of the guys that was talking about it says, you know, I heard something. I can't remember where I heard it. And I think the best way to describe a calendar is calendar soup. And uh, when I start reading stuff like that, um, I think – Yeah, really ugly, ugly, bad, bad, you know, sour soup or something. All this means is that somebody read some articles and they think that's what they're supposed to do. Or as I like to tell people, this resume was gotten to by this person's brother-in-law who works for the railroads, no offense, and um, has done so for 40 years isn't in our in the US anyway in the social security system because the railroads have a different pension fund and says no no that's not how you should do it <laughs> yeah it's sad that's it for this week one of the rare casts we update annually we'll see you for the second half next week
Thank you.